0: Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie.
1: And this is Josh Mankowitz. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Hey!
0: He's back. I feel like everything you say is so pointed. and you're yeah, not so good. I,
1: uh, I think that's only <laughs> that's I think only the people who listen to this feel that way. But thank you.
0: Do, do you I think ordering so. a coffee? Do a dramatic ordering a coffee? Oh yeah!
1: Oh right! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have the grande with cream.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a the beginning to a sorry. What you call it? A bodice ripper? Yes. Bodice <laughs> ripper. Yes. There we go. There yeah. we go.
1: I never heard that before. She wrote bodice rippers. Yeah.
0: So we are talking about the murder in Kitchen One from last week's episode. First question, right off the bat. Do you know the difference between a gourmet and a gourmand? Because we did not, but I looked it up.
1: Oh, uh, I think you should explain to the audience what that is.
0: (laughs) So a uh, gourmet... Is someone who has very good taste in good food and drink and mm-hmm. can pass judgment in that matter. And a gourmand is someone who just likes to eat a lot of food, essentially. Oh, right. I'm a gourmand, so, not I'm a, a gourmand. Definitely a
1: gourmand. Yeah, I'm a
2: gourmand. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we were dead wrong on that. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, I would have said that a gourmet was, you know, some, uh, you know someone who loves fine food. And a gourmand might have was somebody who I thought prepared fine food. So I, I was wrong, wrong about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. good. This episode was cool. great. Also, how fast did you have to put together this episode? Because the trial just happened.
1: Well, here's the thing. We actually had four years to put together this episode because we started on it right after it happened. Okay. And that interview with Vanessa Paz and the interview with Nathaniel, uh, Dan's son, those were done years ago. Oh. And then we just waited for the trial so that we could get one. We need we need to, the story to have an ending mm-hmm. and we needed the cops and we needed the prosecutors. But we tried to get everybody, everybody else we had in person in in Oregon when I went up there several years ago. I mean, Vanessa was working there at the time, but she's on the air in San Diego now. Mm. Also bad news to the audience. She's married.
0: Yeah, she's pretty. She's a pretty gal.
1: Vanessa worked at Dateline for a couple of years Mm -hmm. um, and then left, I think, to um, she probably could have continued at Dateline if she'd wanted. But I think she wanted to be on the air, which she was. She was on the air in a couple of different places, including Portland. And I think that was. I can't remember whether that was before or after she worked at OCI, but she did uh, she did weather in Portland, and now I think she's doing traffic in San Diego. At, uh, oh wow! Yeah, she was at the NBC station. Was she? I think she was at the NBC station in Portland. I think she's at the ABC station in San Diego.
2: Oh, got it. Yeah. And did she bring the story to Dateline? Do well, you Vanessa
1: know? has told me a number of times. Ever since Vanessa left Dateline, she has called me regularly and said this story just happened where i live and you guys ought to get on this and she definitely did do that with this story i think we probably heard about it independently too because we read the papers all the time and of course when it happened you know the whole thing about her blog post nancy's blog post that wasn't out that when dan died that blog post was not was not part of the initial story was just a it was a a mystery at the beginning which was this very popular well-known chef was murdered in his kitchen at a culinary institute where he both cooked and taught and it wasn't clear what had happened who was responsible and the whole thing about his wife being a novelist that didn't that, that didn't come out right away and then, within when a it did
0: days, and the blog in a couple post of days out, it did yeah it went viral
1: yes although here's the thing you know I think most people would expect that if you write a blog post or you write anything that's going to be published that people can read and the title of it is how to murder your spouse. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently your spouse is murdered. Mm -hmm. I think you can expect that item will both make you a suspect and it will be an issue at your trial. Um, But in fact, uh, Nancy Brophy was a suspect for reasons which had nothing to do with that blog post. The judge did not allow the blog post into the trial because it was written a very long time before Dan was killed. She is a writer. She does deal with themes like that. And it's not as if the post describes the murder precisely. I mean, I think if she said, you know, if I ever kill my husband, it'll be because I sneak up behind him while he's working in a kitchen and I shoot him in the right. back, you know, right. I, that might've helped get it in. But in fact, in the blog post, she's sort of discouraging the idea of guns. She saying, you know, you have to be a good shot and they make a lot of noise and I don't want to be in orange, you know, and not even the prosecutors think that that is Nancy forecasting the crime. It's just the, the more interesting thing is that she says that every one of us has murder in them, which is a question I'm, sure that uh, your listeners have all debated
0: i've said yes many times
1: guessing you debated that long before this story came yes
0: i have said yes i don't know katie's position on it right i do you think
1: i I don't know i mean i would i mean i think i would have a lot of trouble killing someone even if they were about to kill someone else um Mm. now could i do it if i saw you know some innocent person about to be killed and i had the ability to stop it i mean i like to think i would but that's a tough thing to do i don't know Mm -hmm. and i hope i don't have to find out
2: right Um, but then it comes into question i always get down to the detail on that i'm like well would i have to kill them or could i wound them right could i get that to so they could stop doing whatever they were about to do
1: do i know that when i take whatever action i'm going to take to save this other person's life that it's going to result in death right i mean yep Right. I mean, shooting at someone who's about to shoot someone else, you might or might not hit them. You might or might not kill them. You might just distract them so that that other person gets Mm -hmm. away. You don't know. Right. The question is, do you know that what you're doing is going to result in the the death of the potential murderer? And that, I think, factors into that. Anyway, um, agreed. the, The whole issue of the blog post is what made the story sort of talkable, what made it a punchline on late night, what got it all over social media. But it's not really what drew us to the story. I think what drew us to the story was the whodunit aspect of it. And also the fact that, you know, Vanessa had all this tape of Dan. We don't right. normally have a mm-hmm. ton of of video of the victim doing the thing that the victim was known for. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that helped. Shane Bishop, who produced this and is so great at all of this stuff. We love him. Also, yes, you know him. He lives in Oregon and he... Uh, Secured a lot of interviews right away, and so so we didn't have that long to do it after the verdict. But we hit the answer to your question is we had done a lot before the verdict, and that yeah. made it much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's jump right in at the beginning. Have you ever eaten at some sort of culinary institute? <laughs> and would you rather eat at a culinary institute or get your hair cut at a
1: at a hair a, I was a school. hair school? I was just going to say, this is like the
0: getting hair your smell.
1: haircut from <laughs> from barber trainers. And a guy I know who um, was in the uh, significant pain from dental issues, it uh, did the same thing with dental students. <gasps> Went to a local dental school here in Los oh. Angeles and had his teeth worked on by oh. at a because he didn't have any insurance and and, he, and it came out okay, he's okay, okay today, okay yeah, they 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 knew what they were doing um the funny thing is, I'd be more likely to eat at the cooking school than I would be to get my haircut at the barber school, although you know i agree. Um, your hair will repair itself within a couple of weeks,
0: exactly. Food poisoning goes away after a couple right. of days,
1: right, or but right, right. I mean, it could mean like I could stay off the air for a couple of weeks if I got a horrible haircut, <laughs> you know.
0: This is money. Your hair is money. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: really funny. When you called the bullet shells brass, we yes. loved it. I was confused because I thought brass meant a cop because of oh. law and order when they say top brass. But well,
1: it means that too, but yes.
0: We yeah. love when you and Dennis and Keith talk like gumshoe detectives, kind of. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and brass was particularly good. Well,
1: brass as slang for empty shell casings is not something we made up. That's uh, you know, in firing ranges, uh, you, you sometimes see signs that say "police your brass," meaning pick up the, oh. the casings. Oh. They're not always underfoot, and you hear homicide detectives talking about killers who pick up their brass, meaning they they collect the shell casings to give. So that there will be less forensic evidence for police to, to track them, which is one reason why some people maybe use a revolver, which doesn't eject any cartridges.
0: We love the slang. Wow. We want Thank all you. the slang. Oh, yeah.
1: Thank you. I'm, all about, I'm all about slang. I, I, I agree with you. I'm not just in, in this business. I'm always interested in, in any slang from any business. Mm-hmm. Just the other day online, I saw an article about a guy... Who was uh involved, and I, by that I mean financially involved, with a woman that he met on OnlyFans. This was in Pennsylvania somewhere. Um yeah. and he was giving her money and she was, I guess, mm-hmm. giving him um
2: attention, photographs pictures. Or some
1: something, something from what you get from OnlyFans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but did I think. Videos oh. or who knows what, right? Socks, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, anyway, they had this business relationship going, and he somehow figured out where she lived, and he showed up at her house, and he got oh. in, and he hid in the attic for some period of time, uh, a long period of time, because they found like food up there. <laughs> no, um, no. Nope. And and then he would come down at night while she was sleeping and take videos of her while she was asleep. Oh
0: my god.
1: Um. And that, somebody told me, is called frogging with a PH. What? Um, yes, I just saw that online the other day. Now, you're, uh, you're uh, listening. Because you're squatting? I, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Because you're making uh,
0: ribbit sounds?
1: Uh, because, right, because there's some croaking involved. I don't know.
0: Frogging.
1: Frogging with a frogging. PH, like like fishing with a PH. Yeah. Is, wow. Is, I'm know, writing it down. Yeah. Frogging. But um. All right. That's I'd bizarre. never I'd never heard that before. And I'm a little alarmed that it happened so much that it has a <laughs> nickname <laughs>
0: that there's a term for it. Yeah, that's very now disturbing. it turns out
1: that in that case, um, what happened? Uh, well, they, uh, I think they woke up in the middle of the night, although the, the woman, I think she lived with her mom and her kid. And I think one of them woke oh. up in the middle of the night and saw a guy in the house <gasps> oh and gosh. called police and they caught the guy on the roof of the house. Um, where I guess he was probably how he got in. He was then trying and to. And that's get out called
2: Santa ing when you're <laughs> hanging out on the
1: roof that's of what, the house. When they, make it, when they make an arrest on the roof, that's called Santa Yeah. Oh, got it. Um, yeah. And uh, no. uh, and when they charge you, it's called burglary. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, uh, which is what he got nailed for. Although. In my view, what that guy did is so much worse than burglary. And yeah. I think that there is yeah. not a there is not a charge that accurately describes that because that's like not stalking. That's past stalking yeah. to me. You know, I mean, invading somebody's home to hide there and take pictures of them. Now, I gather that I read a bunch of the articles about this because it's such a horrible story, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman apparently let him into the home at one point, I think, because she he was on the sidewalk and she said, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want him to stay out there. So she let him in. And I guess that allowed him to case the place. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, he bought her some things. He was buying her, you know, a coffee maker or whatever. But, um, yeah. So. um uh, that apparently is called frogging. So that's my, it's the latest piece of slang I, I heard, if in fact that is true. But we I never did, heard it before. Um,
0: an ID show once for a double date where a guy was living in the walls of somebody's house for months.
1: was not months.
2: good.
0: Yeah.
1: Super creepy. It's And he would come yeah. out
0: at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And frog. He yeah.
1: frogged all the yeah. time. Yeah. Came out, came out he of frogged time. all over <laughs> come, that house. He hopped out. Yeah. And,
2: uh, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. But this episode also wasn't just. The slang. You had some really good wordplay. Some good food, culinary wordplay. Oh, I
1: said something was an hors d'oeuvre, Yeah. Yes,
0: and then you said yeah. um, into the frying pan.
1: Out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah, yeah that was that was uh, that was Shane's line. Out uh, of the even pan Lester
0: of the- got um, a one. And who oh, yeah. writes those when Lester gets a pun?
1: Um, well, we have, there's more than one writer. Um, and of course, Lester's oh. free to, you know, add anything he wants. Uh-huh. We all are. Yeah. We have there's a bunch of different writers.
0: We love when you do the jokes with like the pirate episode. It does take away from our ability to make funny titles up, but you do it better right. than us. So it's fine.
1: Well, it is, um. It is fun. I mean, like I did enjoy getting the phrase walk the plank onto Dateline for the pirate show, which I'm which I'm thinking probably will never make another appearance on Dateline. I mean, you have to be careful here, right? Of course. I mean, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be telling jokes about a deadly, serious and very sad murder. On the other hand, there is a part of the storytelling that you can have some fun with and you have to sort of figure out what those parts are and when you need to be deadly serious because you cannot appear to the audience to be making light of a serious story but on the other hand you know sometimes there are opportunities to to do stuff like that so yeah i don't know what else did we say i said it uh i said um her memory loss nancy's professed memory loss went over like sweet and low yes oh that was was great organic kitchen well you know Shane and I were on the phone for a while uh, working out that that that, that wording of that because, uh, you know, we were thinking like sweet and low, uh, you know, Splenda,
0: Uh
1: right? Saccharin, aspartame, what what wouldn't go over well, you know, margarine, Uh uh, you know, we couldn't figure that out, but we settled on sweet and low. I read it. I read it a bunch of different ways with different products in there just to see. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see how it would sound. And then we settled on sweet and low.
0: Now, this was not your expression, but the friend oh, yeah. said, um, "Tanya, Tanya, can you? Uh, I was don't dip your candle in somebody else's wax."
1: Yeah, had that you was heard good. that? No,
0: do you understand it? Because we, well,
2: we, yeah. I mean, we understand the, the
1: gist. gist,
2: but logically, it was a surprising phrase. I'd never heard it. What,
1: what was she? What, what, in your view, was she referring to?
0: Something inappropriate. Yes. But just, I think logically, you wouldn't dip a candle in wax. It would just dissolve. You would maybe dip a candle in a a wick. Maybe a wick wick would be involved or a a match.
1: Right. Carefully got really hung up on the logistics. First of of all, you would not, first of of all, this this is is what I thought at the time. Like, first of all, Candles are made of wax. You would not need to dip your candle in other people's wax because a candle generates wax when it is burned. You could you could you can always drip a little wax out of the candle and then, you know, use that to hold the candle up, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I think we've all done. Um, So, yeah, yeah, but but it was it's a good expression. It's not one I had ever heard before. But, you know, it's a little like, you know, fishing off the company pier or, you know, Mm -hmm you know mm-hmm. filling your pen from the company inkwell yes. or you know but the uh, dipping your candle in somebody else's wax I did hear that yeah
2: <laughs> there were a bunch of phrases in this one because there were the bropheisms Dan mm-hmm. Brophy had his own sayings yes. so
1: there were there were two or three bropheisms that mm-hmm. were a little too blue for us (gasps) to put on television
0: i have one that shane tweeted out which was can we
2: reveal them sure go ahead
0: well he put it on twitter um okay every time you burn bacon an angel gets herpes
1: yes (laughs) And, and that was that was originally uh in the script until shane and i had a conversation and i was like yeah i don't I don't think we're going to be allowed to say that on television. Even though oh, we didn't say it, it was was somebody else was saying it. It was in an interview. But uh, <laughs> that is
2: really funny, though. That's yeah. great because you don't expect yeah. it. No. You don't see it going no. there. No. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's
0: But that's great.
1: How, that, but that was him. That's how he talked. I mean, he was. And it's also why he yeah. was sort of, you know, so so adored by so mm-hmm. many people. I mean, that was right. You don't often have uh, victims who are you know that widely beloved I mean, we have plenty mm-hmm. of victims who don't seem to have any enemies but mm-hmm. but we don't often have uh we are often doing stories about people who were killed who were who were so sort of enthusiastically loved by you know because all his students through the years i mean they all sort of felt that yeah. way you mm-hmm. know he shaped so many people's careers so that uh That was an interesting thing here. And
0: it was such a good window into his personality as opposed to the generic, everybody loved him. His smile lit up a room. It was very, you really felt like you knew
2: him. Well. I loved him. He's great. He's great. He's a
0: curmudgeon, but funny.
1: I love
2: it. A lovable curmudgeon. The best kind. Yeah, he's the best.
1: I think that's right. I mean, we couldn't even find anybody who said he and Nancy were always fighting. Or Mm -hmm. you you could tell there was tension or anything like that. Nothing. Mm -hmm. No no one felt that way. One more interesting thing we had, which is I just wanted to mention this from a minute ago, is you were talking about Tanya, Nancy's uh, longtime friend. Yeah. Um, we don't often have in stories interviews with friends who at the beginning of the story are supporting the accused. And by the end of the story, they've turned around and we're able to interview them in both instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was interesting to see, to see that, to see how the evidence swayed her and mm-hmm. changed her opinion of the crime of Nancy's guilt and of what should happen to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, because by the end, I mean, at the beginning she was saying, this can't be Nancy. And at the end, she was saying prison's not enough.
2: Mm hmm. That's true because most yeah. of the time what – well, what Kimberly and I feel like we see are people that just dig their heels in yes. and, no, my first opinion mm-hmm. is the last opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when sometimes police get tunnel vision, sometimes the family and friends also get that tunnel vision of, no, absolutely not. No, I know mm-hmm. this is true and they couldn't, just ignore whatever couldn't else Couldn't do it. Yeah, in.
1: I know. I mean, I've yeah. – oh, no. I mean, I'm more than once I've asked the families of people who were accused of crimes, you know – is it possible that you don't know your son, daughter, right, husband, as well wife, as you think you, you do, know, friend, as well as you think, and they get right. they, they don't they're not terribly introspective about that generally. Mm-hmm. They you know, no, absolutely not.
0: Sometimes they'll say right. they'll actually say nothing will change my mind. Right, you could give right. me any piece of evidence and nothing will change my mind. Right,
1: right. So that was what was interesting was that one you had somebody who did yeah. change their mind, and we also had interviews with them before and after, which was a
0: oh that's interesting. Was an
1: interesting thing. Did the word curmudgeon get in the story? It did, yes. right? Yes,
0: yes, right? it did. Yes. Yeah
1: i uh, I went back and forth as to whether or not everybody knew what that went meant, but I, th- I think I think enough people. do. I think
0: they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, because I mean, this is television. You don't want to use a word people don't understand, and make because it takes them out of the story. But I, I think that's well enough. Yeah, well enough. No, you did say um,
0: "bon vivant," which right? bon I guarantee some is... people had to look up. Not yeah. not me. Not I. Not no. stop me
1: that. at all. Uh, not, not you too. I'm no. Well cu- cultured. So here's the thing that didn't get in the uh, that didn't get on the air um, that I originally planned to get on the air, but I ran out of time. Oh. Was the explanation of how the detective had the bandage on, right? Um, which I knew people were going to notice, and I knew right. people were going to ask about it, and on social. They did.
0: That's why uh, and, everyone needs to be on Twitter and following Dateline producer.
1: And the answer is for those of you who missed it when it ran, uh, that he recently had skin cancer surgery and it was mm-hmm. right before our interview. And, you know, now he's fine, nothing to worry about, but he did have bandages on. Um, and I did it. I thought I wanted to get it on. I, I, I thought there's no way we can not address this because the audience is going to be like, well, wait, what, what are you doing? What's going on? He's clearly wearing a bandage. So I said to him in a question, I said, listen, I know that homicide investigators frequently feel as if they're beating their heads against a wall, (laughs) but in your case, it looks like you've done that literally. (laughs) And he laughed and he was like, oh yeah, I know. Right. He goes, no, it's just skin cancer. They took it off. They got it. Uh, This bandage comes off in a week or so. And I thought, we'll put that on. But that thing start to finish was I don't know, 25 seconds.
0: I was going to say, and if that maybe, was a two-hour episode, that yeah, would have made it have.
1: It would have lived. Yeah. But, uh,
0: That's good. Ugh.
1: It was like the better part of 30 seconds, and we just didn't have the time.
2: Uh,
0: Let's talk about Nancy. Sure. So I know we've we've learned from Dateline not to judge people's reactions too much when they find out terrible news because everyone's different and they might be in shock, but her reaction of yeah, I kind of got that he was dead when everyone was giving me the sad sack look and then saying, it doesn't matter if you find the person who did it because it won't bring him back. Did you find her reactions a little odd?
1: I would say that they, I, I, I if I were advising her, I would have said, you want those two in reverse order. Right. Like, I don't really care who did this. What I care about is I'm not going to see him again. I think you want that to be your first answer. Mm. Look, I mean, the thing is, people do grieve differently and people do react differently when told terrible news. Yeah. But it's also it's just as true that most people that I've seen don't react in weird ways. They react in what you would think is a predictable or understandable way. Right. They cry. They scream. They faint. They cover their eyes. They they you know, get sick to their stomach. In some cases, they uh-huh. can't speak. Uh-huh. Um, um, they have trouble forming uh-huh. sentences because your mind is racing. You're thinking, you know, everything from, you know, all of this within a second, like, oh, my God, that can't be true. What am I going to do now? Who do I have to call? How am I going to live? What's uh-huh. the rest of my life going to be like? And that doesn't always result in complete sentences. Sometimes people seem mm-hmm. kind of incoherent at that moment, which is 100 percent understandable. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, people do grieve differently, but most people don't. Right. And and you should also be aware. I mean, you know, I don't think people are in that situation very often, but, you know, they're watching you pretty closely to see what your reaction is going to be. If you're a killer, then you should really be thinking about that because mm-hmm. they're, then, you know, they're going to be watching you.
0: I think we mm-hmm. judged a lot more harshly at the beginning, and then we saw some where there's one guy who fell asleep, and then they kind of explained it: your body goes through an adrenaline rush, and then you kind of oh, oh. crash yeah. after. But and he was innocent. But I do think there is a line where you just something doesn't pass the sniff test.
1: Yeah, I, oh. I think that's right. I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, yes, people grieve differently, but you're going to be judged rightly or right. wrongly. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh-huh. and. Homicide detectives pay a lot of attention to how people react, particularly when they are told that news Mm -hmm. and everything from, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just victimology. I mean, sometimes they want to know what you're going to say, even if they don't suspect you, they want to know whether you're going to say, well, that's too bad, but I can't say I'm surprised because, you know, everybody hated it. You know, or mm. or they say good, or what, what, I'm supposed to feel bad about that? I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now those are not always the words of a guilty person, but they do tell you something all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: And now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Josh. Katie, this is my busiest time of year. I have two jobs, my brother's wedding, and for some reason, Josh Mankowitz keeps wanting to come on her podcast. Do you know why?
2: You're just very cool.
0: I mean, I'm not going to say no. I love having him. I just don't get the appeal of us. But it makes us very busy. Yes. I don't know when the last time I've actually had time to plan a meal, cook. Thank God for HelloFresh. HelloFresh has meals you can make within 30 minutes or less. Some of them are even 15 to 20 minutes. And they have easy cleanup options because I don't have time to be soaking pants. Agreed. You know, so it's like a whole day event, soaking a pan. They have food for everybody, vegetarian, pescatarian, calorie smart, gourmet if you're fancy. They also have breakfast on the go, 10 minute lunches Basically, they could just come in and take over your whole life Breakfast lunch dinner. You never have to do anything. You never have to go to the grocery store You never have to look up a recipe you don't have decision fatigue of trying to decide what to eat It's all there for you.
2: You're the chef of your own life
0: Exactly plus it's 30% cheaper than grocery store and 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant I have to think it's even cheaper than ordering delivery because you know you order something it's like 20 dollars and then you have delivery fees and taxes and the app fees and the driver tip, suddenly it's like $45. Every time. For a burrito. Yes. I'm like, I don't want to pay $45 for a burrito. I'll stick to HelloFresh. They have summer seasonal selections like cucumber salad, stuffed pita pockets, and they have Mediterranean recipes now. Ooh. They have this vegetarian Mediterranean power bowl with chickpeas, avocado, hummus, feta. That's going to power me right through my Josh interviews and everything else I have going on. Yeah. Yummy. Oh, by the way, this is a 10-minute recipe. 10 minutes. Love it. Who does, come on. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16. Use code Dateline16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for up to 16 free meals. HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit and we know why
2: it's for your inner gourmand exactly that's why thank you hello fresh while we're on the topic of things that we love let me talk to you about thrive cosmetics we all know everyone in my immediate family Mm -hmm. lives for Thrive Cosmetics, specifically their mascara. But Thrive Cosmetics is better than just mascara. It is a company with a cause. It's even in their name. That's why they're called Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics creates high-performance, clean beauty and skincare. And every purchase that you make with Thrive supports organizations that help women thrive. They are also 100% vegan and cruelty-free with no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates in their products. So the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, not only can my mom and sister never be without it, A lot of other people can't beat without it, too, Mm -hmm. because it is Thrive's best-selling product and has more than 20,000 five-star reviews. And I see why. Because it mimics the look of lash extensions without all the damaging glue or the expensive salon extension prices. And it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking. It's a dream. But it's summertime and it's getting hot outside, Mm -hmm. which means a lot of people are heading outdoors maybe more than they normally would. I don't know, barbecues water parks, people do things in the summer, right? Yes. (laughs) So now more than ever, it's time to make sure that you have sunscreen on and thrive to the rescue as always. Their sunproof three-in-one invisible priming sunscreen is incredible. I have been wearing mine since I got it. It's this skincare makeup hybrid. It protects the skin with SPF 37, but it also perfectly preps for makeup. For non-makeup wears, it creates this blurred velvet matte finish on the skin that not only protects you from the sun, but has this beautiful blurring technology that just makes your skin appear smooth and soft. It's this lightweight hydrating gel that applies clear on all skin tones. I don't know, it's some sort of magic, but definitely try out the Sunproof 3-in-1 Invisible Priming Sunscreen. Yes. And remember, Thrive is a company with a bigger-than-beauty mission because with every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. That can be women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. Now it's time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. You can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cause Medics, C A U S E M E T I C dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. Because we all have time to thrive. Thank you, Thrive. Thank you. Back to Mink.
0: Uh, Nancy was a self-published author, as Shane said on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He said that you guys tried to talk to uh, her romance writers group, but no yes. one would talk to Dateline.
1: Yes, um, the her her writers group was adamantly supportive of her early on, and that didn't waver. Uh, they oh. weren't like her, oh. they weren't like her friend who were swayed by the evidence. And at the end, uh, you know, it's not as if they issued a statement. So I don't know how many of them were were shaken by what they saw, but they certainly weren't in a position to to talk about it. They, they did not want to talk. We had a lot of trouble finding people who knew Nancy, who wanted to defend her. Tanya was the first one we found. Hmm. And uh, again, I, I point this out. Not one person, not one person said from the beginning, this was obviously Nancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when confronted wow. with some of the people were like, no, that, that can't be, it mm-hmm. just can't be. That was the, you know, they were crazy about each other. I mean, yeah, they, they sniped at each other, but it was always good nature. They were always obviously going to be together forever. Um, no one believed that that, that was, that she was the likely suspect at the beginning, but her writer's group yeah. does appear to have sort of stuck with her uh, to the end and now past the end.
2: Interesting. So who do they think who, who was the initial suspect well, in this cuz it's such a I, random crime? I mean that- there
1: wasn't any and right. everything everything about it really sort of didn't point to anybody else. I mean and the the proof yeah. of that is that is that Nancy's attorney's like they could not really come up with a with a satisfactory third party defense. I mean Nobody, right. I mean, yeah, some people thought Dan was, you know, too sharp edged and he probably had spoken to students abruptly, but, but nothing that was going to get him killed and, right, you know, and, uh, you know, he wasn't robbed, you know, he had some money on him when he was killed. So the idea that this was some, you know, drug addict off the street, looking, looking for, for money right away. Right. Well,
0: that brings us perfectly to the Saudi defense.
1: The Saudi defense.
0: Have you ever said that before on Dateline?
1: I have not said it, but an attorney said it in a story that I did. An attorney here in Los Angeles. I was trying to remember which story it was. And we had, we had him do the same thing. We, we printed it out on the screen. <laughs> this was a long time ago. And then I also believe it has made an appearance in one of Keith's podcasts
0: oh okay
1: that that is that's not like frogging that's a that's (laughs) well
2: nothing's like frogging nothing's like frogging but
1: i mean you 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 mentioned the saudi defense to people in law enforcement prosecutors defense attorneys and even even detectives They, they know what you're talking about
0: they do okay
1: yeah i've seen it in novels too
0: oh interesting i like it not um bodice rippers though
1: No, not those novels. You don't read those, like courtroom novels. Okay, (laughs) there's an author named Steve Martini, Mm -hmm. who writes courtroom novels about an attorney in, uh, I believe, Sacramento. I think they've given the city another name, but I think he's supposed to be in Sacramento. He's a criminal attorney, and I think the Saudi defense makes an appearance in one of the Steve Martini novels. They are uh, my brother and I like to joke that the Steve Martini novels are all they're like a they're like a uh they're like a $100,000 pyramid uh category of things people say in a courtroom cuz <laughs> really one is, yeah one's called like prime witness and the other is called like you know oh. cross examination and the other is you know your honor oh, it, it, it. Seems, it seems cold in here can we turn on the heat i mean it's all <laughs> things that oh my god things that people might say in a courtroom undue influence is one the judge is one they're all you know, courtroom thrillers.
2: Is one of them move to strike? Is, Tell me one of them's move to strike. Oh, move to strike is, that, is not
1: one of them, but that's such a good idea. Such a good idea. Should I write it? I'm going to write it. totally <laughs> write your <own laughs> All right. um, Move that's to it. strike is such a good idea. It's a <laughs> double it. entendre. It, it it's is. Perfect. It's perfect.
0: If the person's bludgeoned uh, to death, uh, absolutely.
1: Uh, move to strike. I don't know how am I going to write them telling me miss one? Um, <laughs> uh, I actually believe that this is off topic now, but, uh, I believe that courtroom dramas, they represent perhaps my favorite part of fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, I love courtroom dramas as novels. I love them as movies. There used to be a lot more. Mm -hmm. Now there are hardly ever any in movies
2: yeah what's the last one the firm was the last like the big... firm
1: well uh you know the the few good men The few good, men. Few good like. men the pelican brief uh, oh yeah john there grisham. was a
2: bunch in a row john grisham the client
1: the, the client the the runaway jury produced yeah. by uh one of my cousins i think
0: oh you and your brother hosted a thing on turner classic movies where it was like a marathon on courtroom, on courtroom movies mm-hmm. yes
1: um, oh. And I think we couldn't get the verdict because that definitely would have been in there. Uh, oh. We had a lot of uh, we had a lot of movies um, in that in that thing that Ben and I did on TCM that uh, that I'd never seen before, never heard of. I don't mm-hmm. watch them all for that. Was it um, a ranking? Did you
2: guys do no, 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 a ranking? Just, just, of top just some different oh,
1: okay. ones. A like breaker Morant, um, which is oh. a which is a, a movie. um I think from late seventies or early eighties about um, a war crimes trial in, uh, in Australia um, mm. oh. uh, during the Boer Wars. Did you do uh jimmy stewart um uh, uh, yeah anatomy of a murder that's it yeah, yeah. i, I mm-hmm. think we did do that one with that great score and uh yes you know it's in black and white that's a that's great we're very yep. far afield here but uh yes i've there are not enough courtroom novels and there are not enough courtroom movies that's my uh,
0: agree and i like yeah. anything 12 angry men or when it's murder she wrote and jb fletcher is on a jury i love it have you ever yep. served on a jury have we asked you uh, that? I
1: have served on a jury, although not a criminal jury. I was, I've been called for for jury duty a bunch of times. I've never been selected. They have a thing in Los Angeles where if you don't get selected on the first day, then you're out. you the rest of your week is is done. You mm-hmm. don't have to do it. But I uh, I did get selected some years back on a jury that involved it was a civil case involving a car accident. Oh, oh, yeah. okay.
0: I guess it's yeah. fine that no one was murdered.
1: I don't actually think we were doing crime at this point. I think, yeah, I just remember I had a novel and read a lot that week because there was a lot of waiting around. Yeah. As a juror. Speaking of the
0: trial, Nancy testified. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was a good idea? And do you ever think there's a good time for a person to testify in their own defense?
1: Well, um, let me say for the record now, uh, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't play one on TV uh, so I, my advice is worthless in two ways, but I believe that I'm thinking like eight or nine times out of ten in a criminal trial the uh your attorney will tell you don't do it. don't don't testify, you'll expose yourself to cross-examination, which will be right. very tough on you. And what we're going to do is make them prove their case. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to say at every instance, I don't even know why we're here. They, They don't have a case. And that's what a lot of criminal attorneys do. Sometimes, you know, it's the defendant's right to testify. And sometimes people say, I don't care what you say. I'm yeah, I don't just need to be, you know, I don't just need to be found not guilty. I want to prove to everybody that I am not afraid of these charges. I have nothing to do with them. And I will answer all questions about them. That's when people mm-hmm. testify. Mm-hmm. I would say was it a good idea for Nancy to testify? I would say that uh, I, I would say that it is it is a good idea to testify when you have an argument in your favor that you want to get out there. Uh, it felt suicidal for Nancy to testify and essentially say, on the witness stand, hey, I don't remember anything that happened on the day of the murder and the time frame of the murder. I'm not saying I wasn't in my truck driving around down there. I'm saying I don't remember where I was. I think I went to Starbucks and then I was sort of lost in thought and writing. And I, I don't remember anything of what I was doing, but I remember that I did not kill Dan.
0: It was very yeah. Aaron from the pirate story who was, yeah. I don't remember, but I remember that it didn't happen.
1: Right. And, uh, um, you know. um well, you know, they're both they, they were both in that area, you know, in Oregon. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, Something's knows, going on they, the mushrooms. Yeah. maybe. Maybe they, yeah, or maybe they met at Starbucks. Like, who knows, right? Um,
2: <laughs> oh, the mushrooms. We have to ask about that too.
1: But uh, you know, the, the foraging for edible mushrooms,
2: foraging or hunting. Have you heard of hunting for mushrooms?
1: I believe uh, hunting and foraging are not the same thing.
2: Yeah, I just feel like foraging is We've used We've gotten more. a little flack.
1: when in pursuit yeah. for oh, what What people. You've got a little flack from what?
0: Well, I said I thought it was foraging, and I had never heard hunting. I got so many comments saying, no, it's also hunting. We call it hunting. Okay. Very defensive about their wow. mushrooms. I've never heard
1: that. Hunting never it hunting. is. Yeah. Apparently. You know, mushrooms is a slang term. For drugs. For drugs? No. Um, in, uh, in, for frogging? Uh, in no in urban crime gang members maybe not now but certainly a few years ago spoke of mushrooms as being collateral damage in gunfights because you step on them accidentally that's the idea (gasps) oh
0: my gosh! they
1: are they are people who were not meant to be killed but get killed in gang shootings wow that's awful that is horrible Collateral damage. Yeah, that's another slang thing. Wow. I don't know that that's in use now, but it definitely was at one point.
0: Um, I've never on a lighter that. note, how do you feel about truffles?
1: I love truffles. Yeah, thank you. What do you put love,
0: truffle fries?
1: I love. I mean, you put truffles in my shoe. I'd probably eat it. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was very unaware of truffles until just a few years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got you started.
1: Uh, I went to a restaurant where a friend of mine that i was with knew the chef and the chef came out and said we just got these fabulous black truffles who would like some and so i was not and no one was everybody was like oh yeah great i'm thinking like i don't really know whether i like truffles or not but then he proceeded to just to shave it shave a ton of yes. truffles onto whatever i was eating that it. night and like a lot and because he was he was friends with my uh, my bud and then I, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, why have I not eaten this before? Uh, because yes. I always stayed away from – I grew up with a kind of an unadventurous palate, I think. Yeah. And uh, as I got older, I uh, I became a little more open to other foods. And so definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, do I like truffles? I do, although I was unaware of them for a long time.
2: I was I'm, too. I was very worried because I felt like truffles were – it seemed to be like the the in thing
1: Mm -hmm. but i
2: i don't want to defend them because i just think they're delicious anything with truffle it's such a good flavor to me
1: no no give me a i'll i'll take it yeah
0: yes (laughs) so excited i think she's sad because i said they were okay i was like they're okay i wouldn't pay a lot of extra for it
1: well they are crazy expensive yeah Yeah. they are yeah they
0: are i might rather have a chocolate truffle thing Which is probably what my mom thinks truffles are.
1: I think that for a very long time, I did not realize the difference between, you know, truffles that you would put on your dinner and and the truffle that is part of the chocolate.
0: Right. The chocolate, part of the chocolate world.
1: I don't think I realized that those things are different.
0: Yeah. A couple questions more about the case. Why did they have money troubles? Was she an overspender or a gambler or? No, but I
1: mean, they didn't, I mean, they didn't make a lot of money. I mean. You know, she was in a catering business. I mean, he's not getting rich teaching yeah. at the school. You know, they just didn't make a ton of money. And
2: she didn't make money off the books? That that was not I like don't an think extra so. income? I mean. That's generous.
1: You know, she's a published author if you make quote marks with your fingers.
2: <laughs> I see. I mean,
1: she I self-published a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't go to a bookstore. I don't think I'd find anything. In, okay. You know, in, okay. In the stacks there. And that was part of the problem because I wanted to interview we went looking for you know interviews that she might have given about the books, just talking about her writing, um like on some radio show or, you know, on Good Morning Oswego or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, TV program there is. There was there. no
0: press tour.
1: No, there was not. There was nothing uh-huh. like that. And so, you know, we were just talking about, you know, I mean, for instance, we were just talking about Steve Martini and his courtroom novels, right? If well, I needed to find a video interview with Steve Martini, I'm pretty sure I could find one within an hour or so of prospecting on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, foraging. We, we, yeah, foraging. foraging. Thank you. <laughs> we we came up dry.
0: Yeah, Shane on Twitter said that
1: we looked very hard for video or audio of her talking <laughs> about her writing or her books. Mm. And um I don't think she did make any money off those. Um again, this is all the prosecution talking, but they said uh you know, I mean in, you know, in courtrooms just like everybody else, every place else, history's Written by the winners, they said she wanted Portugal. He was offering her Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted a more luxurious, r- comfortable retirement period than he was. He was offering. He was probably content to cook and teach and mm-hmm. and go out in the woods. Yeah. You know, for a long time. And I guess that's not what she wanted. Um, mm. If you believe prosecutors,
0: well, that makes more sense on why he was so over uh, insured.
1: Right. But it's considering at some point the amount
0: they, that he made.
1: Well, the amount of money required to service those insurance policies was significant, also. I mean, that was a
2: really, yeah.
1: No, I mean, that, those were not cheap premiums.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: I, I think
0: uh, Shane said she would skip the mortgage some months and pay the premiums instead, right?
1: And that, uh, you know, that's I, I think that is more what I mean, her lying about where she was, saying she was home when her van. Seems provably in the area of the murder and uh, the van matching the video so closely to the actual van and her calling and asking for this letter of exoneration mm-hmm.
0: right, right after
1: right after the murder. Those are the things that made her a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I believe they didn't even find out about the blog post until after she'd been arrested.
2: And the guns were later, too, as well. Right. The ghost gun purchase, all that. Stuff.
1: I well, those were the, they found that stuff pursuant she showed them the gun that she had i mean they said to okay. her in the first day do you have a gun and she said yeah it's at home and so they i think they asked the detectives that drove her home that day you know can you just grab that and they got it and it was still in the box and it had a little plastic thing around the trigger preventing the trigger from being pulled mm Oh, and I said to the one of the detectives, can you smell the gun and tell whether it's been fired recently like they do on TV? And he's <laughs> like, nope, that's on TV. <laughs>
0: ah, darn. Oh. Yeah. In some ways, she seemed like she knew what she was doing. She left her phone at home. She, right. But she used her own van. She used her own computer for all right. of these searches and right. the eBay thing. And for someone who studies crime and says she writes these books also i found out her first husband was a cop
1: yeah how did she do
0: this so badly
1: yeah that's well you're i mean you've hit upon it i mean for somebody who supposedly who writes about how they they know a lot about cops i mean those are all those are all rookie mistakes i mean the only one she avoided was was bringing her phone and again you know her phone was at home but it it wasn't being used again if you're going to do that you know, your phone has to be not just home, but being used as much as it's normally used between, you mm-hmm. know, seven to nine a.m. or whatever whatever time just frame we're looking at here.
2: Leave YouTube running on your phone. Right. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to give advice to people. No, but <laughs> doing there's got to be. This seems very simple, right?
1: But I mean, if your phone is off or not being used during right. those two hours for the first time ever, right. th- that's just as significant as bringing it with you to the murder. Mm-hmm. So. You know mm-hmm. that the the um, th- that's an issue. Taking your own van is crazy. I mean, it's going to require. I mean, people in the neighborhood are going to see you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: a neighbor did see her. She was outside the house. She said, oh, "I'm looking for the dog."
2: And then not having a reason for being out, not having a right. backup, she didn't even have. You know,
1: right? Um, I mean, what, what do you think? Any this reason? Is, right. Yeah. I mean, this is. This is the 21st century. You think you're not going to be caught on video somewhere?
0: Well, she thought maybe because there were no cameras at the kitchen, there were no cameras at the Starbucks or the pizza place or anywhere else. There are cameras I mean, everywhere.
1: I mean, they found her van at the first place they looked. I mean, she had just, <laughs> she had just driven off. And they're looking at the video. And one of the detectives said, I oh, know something's wrong here. This is This is the video from just a minute ago when she just drove off and then they looked at it like no this is from the time of the murder that van was here then i mean that's that was actually one of the storytelling issues we had here is that she was a suspect almost immediately Mm. you know she said she wasn't there and then there she was there you are and in one case i think there's video which you can almost see her profile. I mean, it even looks like her driving yes. the van. Yeah. I and, thought
2: I could in one. I think it was the pizza parlor yeah. place. The and, one and you you see sort of this blondish so
1: woman right, in so the car. Very, very tough. I mean, you've got to argue that's yeah. not my van or that's a van that looks just like mine or that's somebody else driving my van and impersonating me. Those are all pretty tough arguments to make. So again, yeah, she thought to leave her cell phone on, but she didn't really think about anything else. No really not good.
0: Well, we always advise people if they're doing these suspicious Google searches to put for school paper, for spec script. (laughs) And she could she had that excuse, but it didn't work out for her. So now I feel
2: like we've been misguiding people.
1: Well, no. Yeah, she
2: really did. For a potential I mean,
1: novel. The answer for all of this is it's a lot harder to get away with murder than people think it is. Yes. You know, particularly today when you leave an electronic footprint all the time, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. You know, you go to the bank, you go to Starbucks, you're going to be on camera, you're going to be, you know, your card's being read. Yep. In one case that I did, the uh, a woman was saved by the fact uh that her son's game boy was not even something she did her son's game boy connected to the wi-fi of a business next to where she was going and that was the proof that was the alibi oh that meant that she couldn't have been in the place to commit the murder this was in amarillo texas a few years i ago. remember that one. and this one was locked oh. up for i think i think yeah. maybe more than a year locked up for a long time pending trial and uh and she'd said, I wasn't there. I went to McDonald's with my son. And they're like, oh, good. So you'll be on the McDonald's security video. And she's like, no, McDonald's was closed by the time we got there. And the cops are like, yeah, okay, sure. Now now you're telling a lie. Mm-hmm. But then a long time later, it turned out that her kid's Game Boy had connected to the Wi-Fi of the business next door to the McDonald's. And, you know, if you believe that her, you know, I mean, he was a young kid, a little kid, you know, he's not down there alone. He's obviously Mm -hmm. was with his mom all the time. Uh, If you believe that she was with him and and you do, then she couldn't have committed the crime. It turned out it was somebody else.
0: I felt badly because I think I thought it was her.
1: We we all thought it was her. Everybody thought it was her. And in fact, we laid out that story so you would think it was Mm -hmm. her. But then by the end, of course, it's not. And she's kind of heroic in all this. Mm -hmm. Katie Phipps Hope she's doing well.
2: Mm -hmm. I want to see that case. Yeah. Wait, going back really quick to her driving around in her minivan. Uh, you were driving in this episode. Yes, I feel like that's rare. You were driving, and there was a camera.
1: That was Shane's idea.
2: <laughs> do you? You don't normally do that, right? I feel like this is rare.
0: Every the other people get driving B roll, but the hosts only sometimes Not do. so
1: much. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I have kind of a high bar for for sort of reporter involvement type stuff, like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like if you're demonstrating how, you know, they're claiming he ran up these stairs in three seconds, right? Okay. Then I'll try and run up the stairs and it'll obviously take a lot longer than three seconds. Right. Uh-huh. Cause there's 35 stairs or something. Right. It, something like that would, would make sense. But the, you know, the whole sort of like walking around the crime scene, you know, so it happened mm-hmm. right over there, right over there, just lying there, just lying there. So the body was a body. You caught, I saw it. Then you call it in, I call it in. So like, like that to me doesn't always feel like the best use of the audience's time. But uh, it remains a uh, it remains a popular thing. And in this case, you know, driving around was a big part of the story. So that's why we did it. That was her claim that I was just driving around.
0: Well, we get nervous when we see the hosts in a car at all. If they're because being you ch- think
1: what I'm going to I'm going to hit something.
0: I don't know if sometimes they're driving around with the police officer. I want to make sure their hands are at 10 and 2 if they have one of our precious hosts in the car and this time you're talking to the camera, but I did feel like you did a good job of keeping your eyes mostly on the road.
1: Well, I deliberately picked the neighborhood where there wasn't a lot of traffic Mm -mm. and there weren't a lot of stop signs, you know, so that I could just sort of drive at a, um, at a normal um, clip and, uh, and only occasionally, you know, look to my right Mm -hmm. and and address the camera. Now here's an interesting little TV tidbit that you guys are going to love. You can drive very slowly while you're shooting a stand-up. And when you play it back, it doesn't look like you're driving as slowly as you it actually like are. It looks driving. like you're kind of like driving normal speed. Interesting. Yeah. TV magnifies that speed.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, you, I, don't, you, don't have to be, you don't have to be going 50 miles an hour to do a stand-up. Really? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. That's funny. Most people do not know that.
2: I'm going to be on the lookout now. We probably need one very important thing from you, which there was some confusion when we recorded our episode about an elevator pitch <laughs> for this for, and what that entails. What would be your elevator pitch for this episode, for uh, this story?
1: Okay. Uh, elevator pitch, by the way, is slang. Yes. Okay, just it's filming. Some of us were
2: confused as to what it entailed. I'm not going to say who. There was just some of us, and mm-hmm. but huh? it's fine. Mm-hmm. It, okay. was,
1: it wasn't me. Well, for the audience, an elevator pitch is how you would pitch something during an elevator ride. In other words, what's the short version of the story that you could tell people in between the lobby and the third floor, mm-hmm. for example, right? <laughs> so, this story is, um. She wrote a post called How to Murder Your Husband. And then later she was charged with murdering her husband. Did she do it?
2: That's great. That's
1: wonderful. Did life imitate art?
0: Yes. Or as Jimmy Kimmel said, did death imitate art? That right. was there Jimmy Kimmel's joke.
1: That was good. Yeah. He also said it's yeah, it's never the ones you think you never the ones you suspect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like yeah. that one better. That's funny. It's
1: always the ones you suspect the least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This was so delightful talking to you. Katie, do you have any more questions?
2: I just had a, a curious, silly question because of all the food, the kitchen one, all of this stuff. Uh, and I know you are, what is it, a gourmand or a gourmet? Do we decide? You're a bit I of both? I think you're both. I'm, a,
1: both? I'm an eater.
2: <laughs> Got it. I'm a,
1: cons- I'm a consumer. <laughs>
2: because i think you've had some gourmet meals. I have. Is there any meal that sticks out in your mind as kind of hard to eat? Cuz whenever i see these cooking schools and shows like Top Chef, i see these sort of platings come out. Mm. Is there anything that sticks in your mind as being really complicated to actually get from plate to mouth?
1: Well, i mean, you know, when i was when i was dating, you know, you, you don't want to order like soup cuz you're going to pour it all over yourself, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Right. Yeah, that's going down. Yeah.
1: Uh, A meal that's difficult to eat. Um, Oxtails, always very difficult to eat. Oh. You got to pick them up. It's hard to do. I find okay. a veggie
0: burger, half of it slides out the back. You take a bite.
1: Well, that uh, few things, few things are more upsetting than a hamburger bun that is not but, holding the yeah. thing that it's supposed to be holding.
0: Yeah, that's that its one job, And
1: that does not bun. matter whether it is a veggie burger or turkey burger or beef burger. Like it needs to stay. And, and bun integrity yes. is a very big deal yes. to me. Right Like, like If the juice from the burger makes the bun disintegrate, mm-hmm. then it's not doing its job. Mm-hmm. you know, or the no. juice from the uh, the liquid from like the the tomato, tomato. or the lettuce mm-hmm. or the onion or whatever's in it, you know yeah. I mean if that makes the bun all soggy and fall apart, mm-hmm. then you get the wrong kind of bun. Mm-hmm. So you need no. you need a there was a uh, there's a restaurant that I went to, which now I cannot remember the name of, but it's it's in Seattle. it's on one of the lakes. And I was walking by and I saw they had a whole thing out front that said uh, one of the things we did when we opened this place was we want to have a great cheeseburger. So we went and we bought this kind of cheese we bought this kind of beef. And then we worried about the bun and we tried 32 buns <laughs> until we could find out, you know, which was the one that would stand up to the, the amount of uh, juice in this burger and, you know. We wanted it to, to maintain and I'm thinking to myself, I'm eating here. Mm-hmm. These people, these people have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I did. Pretzel? Was it a pretzel bun? No, it's it's a it was probably a potato flour bun, I think it oh, was.
0: Oh, potato flour. Yeah, yeah. That's Interesting. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. it's sturdier. Okay. Sometimes if it's toasted too, it gives right. it more, it keeps its integrity.
1: Right. Sometimes, but sometimes toasting dries it out and makes it makes it right. crumble. Like mm-hmm. you've got to you gotta have if it's toasting it, you gotta toast it just the right amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's walking a fine line. line. Yeah, fun integrity is fun integrity great. is a big
1: issue with me. <laughs> <It's> really
2: good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, guys, as always.
0: Anything you need to pitch? Any up to, up coming episodes you want to mention? Yes,
1: I do not have anything uh, for Dateline. Um, the la- Dateline the last day mm, is coming mm-hmm. to Peacock. Um, oh, within a um,
0: couple days, I soon. think.
1: I think within like maybe 24 hours of us oh. recording this. I mean, I think it's coming like any day now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's got a couple of stories that I did.
0: Oh, great. And that's all. Oh, right. Those
1: are all new stories. They are. What we'll do in that is we'll sort of deconstruct the last day of the victim. And, and that's what frequently in a lot of cases, in the cases that we picked, homicide detectives were able to do, which sort of helped them find out, you know, what the you know does the first clue come from the last day Mm -hmm. the answer is frequently it does and so i'm doing a couple and i think keith's doing a couple i think andrew is doing one i think somebody else is doing one too i'm not sure
0: dennis
1: it's not i I don't think dennis is doing these oh
0: an an interloper
1: yes i think some other person but i can't remember who it is
2: interloper
1: yeah player to be named later (laughs)
2: okay i see i see as they say in sports
1: but um (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that's the next thing I'm going to do is Dateline the last day, which is on Peacock and the next season or the next batch of Dateline unforgettable, um, yes. which airs on oxygen, mm-hmm. which is us talking about the Dateline cases that we found most memorable. That's also starting, uh, within, I, I think maybe tonight or tomorrow.
2: Oh, great. Oh, so those wow. Will,
1: those will be on oxygen. But, um, I do not know when my next Dateline story is going to air.
0: Okay. Well, keep us posted, please. But
2: you have other stories coming regardless. That's I have.
1: I have, yes, I have the stuff on Oxygen and I have a couple on Peacock. And then I have a couple of podcasts that are in the works.
2: So exciting. Yes. Good, good.
1: People
0: get withdrawals if they don't get mink for a while.
1: I understand. Yeah. I understand.
0: <laughs> He's like, I hear that people. from my wife all the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so people being us. Very flattering. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to your episode coming up with Keith.
0: Ooh, we're so excited
2: and nervous, well, and we owe you a big thank you. Yes, for I'm, that because if uh, you're wondering how that happened, the person that made it happen is speaking to us right now. Uh,
1: I just it was the easiest sell I've ever had to do. I said <laughs> you should go on date with Dateline. Because they really want to talk to you and you'll enjoy it. And he said, sure. That's great.
2: Thank you. I hope he feels the same way after we're done. Yeah. I yes. think he will. Yes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try. Right. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you both. Although, yeah. you know, one of the things that uh, I think Ben and I talked about this, one of the things that's missing from anatomy of murder is it just ends with the verdict, you know, yeah. and we find that not guilty and everybody cheers, and the, you know, the guy shakes hands with Jimmy Stewart. And then like you roll the credits. I'm like, wait a minute. What about the the interviews on the courthouse steps and the, the gloating and the, you know, going out to dinner afterwards and then realizing, you know, mm-hmm. the guy made up the story. Maybe he's a liar or yes. right? whatever. I mean, it was like. It just kind of like ends, and the the, then they leave town. You know, the 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 people in it leave town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wanted that to go on. It needed about another half hour, but anyway.